Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Five Easy Things, the podcast, where we explore bite-sized success hacks and strategies for living your best life. I believe there are three pillars that make up the foundation for living your best life, the intellectual, emotional, and the physical. Glad to have you on this journey as we explore ways to live our best lives. I'm Yolanda Albergati, your host, and I'm in the beautiful Golden Ox Studios here in Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks to Chuck's Fine Wines for supporting today's podcast. For all of your shopping needs, visit Chuck's Fine Wines, 23 Bell Street, Chagrin Falls, Ohio, where you'll find a wide variety of wines from every wine-growing region in the world, an amazing selection of craft beer, also a lovely, delectable selection of specialty foods and cheese. Visit Chuck's Fine Wines at chucksfinewines.com. Or locally, you can call 440-247-7534. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who's been listening to the podcast and showing us mad love and giving us ratings and subscribing and reviewing. I really appreciate your support. And if you haven't already... Hit that subscribe button and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am here in the studio with my friend, Chris Ebison, and he's going to share with us five things you can do to lead proof your home or make your home lead safe or make how would you, what would you say okay. make your home lead safe so right. not removing the lead but controlling make it so it's not a harm to your child lead safe so hey chris welcome thank you tell everybody how they can get a hold of you certainly my uh my phone number is 216-496-6931 uh my email is c ebison my last name so c e b b E-S-O-N at MSN.com. And you can also visit my website at www.dreamhouseinspectionsllc.com. So Chris is a home inspector, but um, has a wealth of information and kind of focuses a lot on lead. Correct. I am licensed by the state of Ohio as a lead risk assessor. Great. So give us some background and then give us our five things. Certainly. So, you know, why, why is this important? Well, in Cleveland alone, uh, 1,200 children were poisoned by lead-based paint last year. That's one of the highest rates in the country. Uh, lead, poisoning, lead poisoning can cause uh, irreversible brain damage and developmental issues that can haunt a person for the rest of their lives, not just when they're a child. Um, and this is, a lot of people think this is just a city problem, and it's not just a city problem. It, it's an old house problem. So mm-hmm. you can have a child that grew up in uh, one of those big, huge, turn-of-the-century uh, mansions in Shaker Heights, and they are just as susceptible to lead poisoning as a child who lives in East Cleveland. Um, so while the city of Cleveland has its lead law, which we've discussed previously, uh, you know, it's, you don't need a law to tell you to make your home lead safe. If your desire is to protect your child from lead poisoning, 
um, then then that's something you may want to consider. Uh, you know, children under the age of six are the most susceptible to lead poisoning. Uh, they absorb up to 50% of the lead that enters their bodies as opposed to healthy adults that absorb 15%. And this, this is at an age where a child's brain is rapidly developing. And it's also an age when they're toddlers, especially that they're crawling around, they're, they're putting things, they're putting their hands in their mouths, their toys in their mouths. And if there's less lead dust uh, on the floor in the home, anywhere where the kid is crawling around or things that they're putting in their mouths, um, they're subjecting themselves to potential lead poisoning. So, so let me ask you something. I own a home built before when? Before 1978. Okay. And actually, so you you, uh, you jumped a step one here. Oh, sorry. So, no, that's okay. Okay, I'm just so. curious because a lot of times when you talk about the difference between Shaker and then being in the inner city, um, it has to do not with the location, but... But with the age of the house. Yeah. And, okay. you know, most, most of the uh, Cleveland and greater Cleveland housing stock, at least in the inner ring, su- ring of suburbs, like places like Shaker Heights, Cleveland Heights, you've got a lot of homes that were built um, at the turn of the century in 1900. So right. you were asking about the year, and that's kind of leads into step one of okay. uh, making your home lead safe, uh, which is decide if this is something you need to do. And there's two questions that you need to ask to make that determination. And one is, was the home built before 1978? That was the year that lead-based paint was, uh, was outlawed. And is there a child under the age of six, or may there be one in the near future? If you can answer yes to those two questions, then this is definitely something something that you want to consider. So step two, uh, once you've determined you want to do this, is to find out where are the lead hazards in your home. Um, There are two options for this. Uh, One is to get a lead risk assessment from a licensed professional. Uh, Advantage to that is you have a professional coming in that is trained to identify those hazards, so all those hazards will be located. A lead risk assessment report not only tells you where the hazards are, but breaks down all of the options uh, specific to your home as to how you can address them. Uh, Of course, the disadvantage to this is that a lead risk assessment does cost a little bit of money, especially if you're talking about uh, a multifamily home. Option number two is determine where the hazards are yourself. Uh, And if this is something you want to do, if you have some construction knowledge um, and you want to try to tackle this yourself, um, there is a document I recommend going to the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development's website and download the HUD guidelines for the evaluation and control of lead-based paint in housing. They outline how to determine where the lead is in your home in chapters 6 and 11. So you can save yourself the cost of a lead risk assessment. um, But... There are some disadvantages. Of course, you might miss some of those hazards. The other thing is, too, is that when you're talking about some of the homes after 1960, um, there's still a possibility of lead-based paint, but we all we started to have a knowledge of the risks of that after 1960, so there's likely to be less surfaces in your home that are lead-based paint. So if you're assuming it, you've got to assume every surface is lead-based paint. If you're having a professional come in, they're going to do some laboratory testing to decide what areas need to be addressed and what they don't. So if you have post-1960 housing, it's definitely worth it to get a professional. Gotcha. So step three, um, control the hazards. So now you know where they are. What do you want to do to make your your home lead safe? So uh, I do want to dispel a myth here that uh, dealing with lead-based paint is just simply a matter of repainting. Uh, It is a little bit more than that. Um, Even what we call repainting is not just that. It is called uh, paint film stabilization, uh, which is a process of removing all debris, loose paint chips, making the surface smooth and cleanable, uh, and then painting it with a primer, 
painting it with uh, with a top coat because that'll hold all hold together a little bit longer. And even that cannot be done in all things. Um, some of the biggest contributors of lead-based paint are going to be those old wooden windows. So. Um, that's considered a friction surface. You can't just repaint an old wooden window because as soon as you operate it, all that friction caused by opening the window is going to generate lead-based paint dust. Uh, same thing with porch floors. That's an impact surface. People are walking on that, disturbing the paint, gets on their shoes, they track it into the house. Um, so you can't just do those things. So uh, since a little bit more than that, uh, there are some options. You can decide if you want to do interim controls or abatement. Uh, interim controls are more along the lead safe line of, line of things. So you're temporarily controlling the lead uh, so that it's not a hazard. This is initially uh, inexpensive, usually, um, but because you're not eliminating the lead, um, there's going to be some long-term maintenance costs involved. If you want to go more toward the lead-free end of things, there is abatement, which is removing the hazards. Um, that may have high initial costs, uh, but require little, if any, ongoing uh, monitoring and maintenance. Uh, most projects, and this would be unique to your home and what your budget is, but most projects are probably going to be a combination of both of these. Maybe repainting the walls and ceilings and things that need to be repainted, but you know, especially if this is your own home, putting in new windows, which is going to give you a little more energy efficiency, putting siding around the outside of your house so you don't have to repaint it every few years. Those are abatement methods, um, but uh, they also can uh, take care of the lead at the same time. Um, and then, of course, the one thing that I always want to remind people is don't forget the soil. This is, this is one of the areas that a lot of DIYers miss. Um, common areas for soil contamination is going to be the drip line around the foundation. So if you had an old house that had wood siding, even if it's been sited over in the last 20 years, it was probably exposed wood siding for 100 years before that. All the weather, all the repainting, all the scraping over the years has probably gotten a lot of, uh, a lot of paint into that soil. And same thing with the soil underneath porches. Um, so you'll need to decide as you're doing this, how much do you want to do yourself? How much do you want to uh, hire a contractor for? Um, make sure if you do hire a contractor, you are hiring professional contractors that either are lead safe or lead abatement certified. Because not only are they going to do the work right, but they're also going to clean it up. And that cleanup is one of the most important steps. Uh, it's not just a matter of using a vacuum. You have to use a specialized type of vacuum. It's a cleaning and washing cycle to get rid of all of the lead dust. So you've done all that. Step four is uh, make sure that it's been done right. And to do that, you get a clearance examination. Uh, that's done by a licensed lead risk assessor. Uh, the lead risk assessor will review any previous reports or do a visual assessment uh, to make sure that all the hazards have been controlled and take laboratory sampling of dust and soil to make sure that everything's properly been cleaned up. Um, and then step five, um, especially if you've done interim controls versus abatement, you'll need to keep up with maintenance and monitoring to prevent further hazards. As a homeowner, you can do this on your own uh, at least once a year is the recommendation uh, to visually go through, look for deteriorated paint, look for any uh, dust, look for anything that could cause paint deterioration like a roof leak or, or something like that. Um, and if you do that every year and then every other year have a lead risk assessor come in and do a re-examination and make sure that there are no new hazards and no more dust, um, you can make your home lead safe. Thank you so much, Chris. Very Thank important you. information. I'm so glad you came to share that with us. Thanks for having me on. 